cannabis isn't just like an instant switch to change everything in your life to be better. It's not just, you know, cannabis is going to solve all of your problems in life. It often includes some lifestyle changes and just being aware of what's going into your body. If you find your perfect product, it will change your life. Hey, buds, welcome back to another episode of Weed Buds Radio. And of course, I'm your host, Rye Russell. And I want to talk to you all today about healthy cannabis living. We often do not put a lot of intention necessarily into the things that we consume or how we consume them. And I know that I definitely don't, at least not as much as I should. And so that's why I'm really excited to introduce our next guest to you, uh, Riley Kirk. And Riley, welcome to Weed Buds Radio. Hey, thanks. I'm stoked to be here. And both of our names are kind of rye, which is fun. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to talk about intention because I live my whole life around intention. Amazing. And Riley's joining us from New Hampshire and received her doctorate from the University of Rhode Island and also happens to be a Maine native like myself and grew up not too far away from each other. And Riley is a cannabis research scientist and she educates hundreds of thousands of individuals every day across all of her platforms. And so we'll definitely have links to all of her channels in our show notes. So you'll definitely want to continue to follow Riley. Well, I want to jump in because we get into the cannabis side of things in a little bit. But Riley, I saw on your Instagram, I saw you making your own supplements, first of all. And that got me completely intrigued. Uh, and you know, why were you doing this? And then I got to learn a little bit more about your lifestyle. So I'd love for you to kind of share that with everyone. Yeah, I think I think it's really cool that you're interested in learning about this because usually when people are talking to me, they're just, you know, trying to get me to feed them cannabis knowledge. And that's great, but it's so much more than that. It's not just, you know, cannabis is going to solve all of your problems in life. It often includes some lifestyle changes and just being aware of what's going into your body. So I kind of take this to an extreme. Um, I am fortunate that I have enough property that I can grow most of my medicinal plants and supplements. Uh, my husband and I are super passionate about harvesting most of our um, meat through trapping, hunting, fishing. Uh, we grow most of our vegetables and we also grow our medicine. So part of the reason um, I started making my own medicine, uh, I'll get into the other part too, but in graduate school, I was working with the FDA on a project where they were looking into supplements that have been adulterated, meaning that there was something else other than what was supposed to be in that product. So sometimes this gets intense when there's a toxic plant that's included into a, you know, quote, medicinal plant. So then they'd have to understand how that happened, et cetera. But a lot of these supplement companies, if you were to just go to Walmart and buy a, a ginkgo or ashwagandha supplement, they're not harvested ethically. They're, of, they're often like very young um, children harvesting all these plants and they're kind of just shipping them over for us to mass extract and then throw them on the shelves in a capsule. So I think one thing that I'm very passionate about is knowing exactly what I'm putting into my body. If I'm growing those supplements, I know what they look like. I know what active compounds are in them and I know how to extract them. And that is, you know, why I choose to do that. Um, and I think the other problem here is 
if you're taking supplements that are in capsules or something like that, that is taking away this component of intention. Because as Americans, we're living such busy, busy lives that we want things to be as quick and accessible as possible. So if I read on the internet that um, ashwagandha is going to help me with my stress, in my extremely stressful life, I'm just going to run downstairs and take a pill every morning that has ashwagandha in it and then race off to work. That's not how traditional medicine works. Traditional medicine is taking the time to produce that medicine. And as you're making that medicine, whether you're making a tea out of leaves or roots or a tincture by extracting things in alcohol, you're intentionally um, paying attention to what you're trying to heal. And this sounds super, super hippie. Um, and I am definitely classified as a hippie. Um, but there has been evidence that this helps by actually putting your brain towards the actual issue and saying, I'm trying to be less stressed. So for this next 20 minutes, I'm going to prepare a medicine. And as I'm preparing that medicine, I'm going to think about why I'm stressed. I'm going to think about how I can help with that stress. And all of that's kind of incorporated into this traditional medicinal approach at um, relieving these different issues in our lives. Um, the same thing can be said for cannabis too. Um, cannabis is absolutely a medicinal plant and there are hundreds of different reasons that people are using cannabis. Um, and you can use that in multiple ways. You can, you can just be absolutely, you know, stoned for your entire life and absolutely, a, a, you know, a, obliterated, you know, you use tons and tons of THC. And for some people, that is the medicinal component of it. If you suffer from chronic pain, you probably do need a lot of THC to get through your days. And it's going to be different for everyone. But if you're using it for mental health issues or some other issues, um, using it in a lower dose and really having to pay attention to why you're using it. Are there other lifestyle changes that you can make that can also assist in that medicine? Maybe cannabis brings your brain to a better spot, but then when you're in that better spot mentally, you need to shift your thoughts and energy into thinking about how you can improve your life. Cannabis isn't just like an instant switch to change everything in your life to be better. You still need to put through the effort to get there. Um, but I think cannabis can help you get there for sure. But uh, it is it is a multi-step process. You still do need to pay attention to, you know, what is causing these problems in your life? Is it just cannabis that you need to help that? Are there other natural products? Are there lifestyle changes? Are there people in your life you need to get rid of? I mean, there's it's, it's incredibly complicated. And of course, it's going to be different for absolutely everyone. But I think the more that we can um, be vulner vulnerable and take the time to pay attention to our medicine and how it's helping us, I think the um, the benefits of cannabis and other natural products can be so, so much greater than just taking it in a capsule form or, or just like, you know, medicating without actually thinking about why you're medicating and what you're trying to solve. And that's why I thought it was so critical to talk to you about this, because I feel like a lot of individuals will bring one approach. It's this is a medicinal product uh, for this reason, or someone else say, well, this is a recreational product for this reason. And really, it's part of a lifestyle and it's part of a regimen. And I like that you 
really kind of hit home that it's it's not a cure hall for these things and your body's this big machine and it requires work and effort and i think when i was watching your video like what hit me the most was like man that's really cool. I would love to make my own supplements and probably learn more about the supplements that I am taking in whole. Uh, but the way that you just described the process being so much more than just, oh, well, I want to make my own supplements. There's the intention and the, your mind is processing all sorts of things during that time. So it really is more than just getting high or using cannabis for something. It's about the lifestyle. And so I'm really glad, and I'm glad that our followers are going to be able to follow you because uh, there's you have a lot of tips and tricks about that. Yeah, I mean, I am a scientist, but I am also someone who's used cannabis every day since I've been 14 years old. I mean, I cannabis is really? a part of my life, a part of the culture of my friends. It's a part of what just shaped my life. Um, but a lot of that was using intentionally. And if I ever felt like it wasn't intentional or if it was causing any damage, that I would adjust my lifestyle from there. And I think that's the hardest part about educating on cannabis is we're not all the same. We're not all consuming the same way. We're not all consuming the same products. We all have different tolerance. We all have different past traumas, uh, mental health issues. I mean, there's so many factors. So often I'll get these comments like, hey, Riley, like how many hours before bed should I smoke? And it's like, I have no idea. I, I have no idea what would be best for you. Um, you really do have to experiment. And this is kind of where intention comes again. If your intention is to help you sleep better, then maybe taking, I, th I always advocate for writing things down, especially when you're learning um, about cannabis and what products work for you. Writing things down saying, okay, I took this dose on this day. Um, I was suffering from this. Um, and then kind of going from there and saying, well, this worked really well. Well, this didn't work at all because I cannot tell you what's going to work with your body. And I don't think anybody can. We can help guide you to, you know, maybe here's the best extraction method for this. You know, that that's a way I can tell you what to do. But telling you a dose and a time of day and et cetera, it's not really going to help everyone in the same way. And that leads me to ask you, you have this. I don't want to say traditional academic background, but there is a traditional aspect to your studies, but there's also the untraditional aspect of clearly you do a lot of research that's outside of what you studied at university. And, you know, I'm interested, how does modern medicine and plant medicine and just kind of that whole living, how do they coexist? Yeah, and I will start by saying, yes, I absolutely have a, a traditional academic route for education, but I don't believe that that's um, the way that all of us need to be educated. I think there's many other routes just from life experiences that we can learn just as much valuable information. Um, but I think I kind of speak anti-pharma often, and I know um, for a lot of people that might make them like feel bad because they're on pharmaceutical medications, but I do think there is a time and a place for pharmaceutical medications, and I think they have brought people a lot of benefits. Um, 
But that being said, um, if you want to take your medicine into your own hands, um, it is going to be a lot of work. Uh, It's not going to be as simple as a pharmaceutical medication where you just take a pill every day and and it'll change essentially your brain chemistry. Um, I have a lot of friends now that are trying different things, whether it's cannabis, whether it's uh, psilocybin containing mushrooms, whether it's other psychedelic compounds um, to help essentially reset their brain architecture. And this is really hard because not everybody in your audience, not everybody in the world really um, understands the way that our neural networks work. I mean, I don't understand how they work because they are so complex and they're overlapping and we don't really understand why certain conditions happen. So I think it is very safe if you're in a really bad spot to get on pharmaceutical medications to get yourself into a better spot. And then when you're in that better spot, really think about what you're putting into your body. Study. I mean, there are you if you just Google um, Lexapro and uh, molecular mechanism, it sounds really fancy, but there are articles out there that are meant for patients that are meant for people who don't know anything about drugs or pharmacology to learn more. And I know it's going to be hard and you're going to have to look up some um, definitions of certain things, but this is your brain. It's really, really important. Like you are altering the chemistry of your brain every time you take these pharmaceutical medications and every time you take cannabis. So although it is a little bit more work, I think that's the best thing you can do to become more aware of what these, um, whether it's pharmaceuticals or cannabis, what it's doing to your brain. And then you can kind of learn over time, um, even like a good cannabis strain to use. If you say cannabis strains and ADHD, you can find these different forums online that say, hey, this strain worked for me for this. And then this is where it gets a little more complicated. We know that different cannabis strains are producing different active compounds. So if you see that 40 people say that this strain worked for ADHD, um, go look at that strain up on Leafly and look at what's in that strain. Is it low THC? Is it high THC? Does it have CBD? Does it not have CBD? What's the dominant terpene in that strain? Um, You can start to learn these different things. So even if that product's not available to you, try a similar product. See if it works for you. Try it in a low dose first. If that doesn't work, try it in a medium dose. Try it in a high dose. It's it's such a game of just trial and error, but if you find your perfect product, it will change your life. And then hopefully you can slowly wane off of the pharmaceuticals and you can be in charge of your medicine, your brain. But that's not for everyone. I mean, if you have really severe paranoid schizophrenia, I would not be trying cannabis strains just willy-nilly in these different doses. I would stay on my medication because that is the safest way to live your life at that point. So you really, I mean, obviously talk to your doctor, get these opinions. If if your doctor wants to put you on a bunch of different pharmaceuticals, maybe let them know that you're not really comfortable with that and can you try some other stuff and then report back to them with what works. Uh, Depending on your doctor, sometimes they're going to be really cool with that. Sometimes they'll be uncomfortable with that. Um, But it's definitely worth the conversation, at least in my opinion. It absolutely is. I know it's something that I'm very engaged with my doctors on, you know, and um, 
I have a book here, you know, from, you know, one of the doctors of a clinic that, you know, I went to, to kind of study my brain um, because I was fascinated about it. And, you know, I really do. It's so intimidating trying to kind of figure out what's, you know, where do it get information? And it's one of the questions our audience had for you is, you know, what are some resources that people can go to, to kind of learn for themselves? Because I'm always telling people to document their journeys, document everything. You know, obviously uh, we also work in a dispensary. And so we're always encouraging our guests to write down what time you started your session and how much you had. And like, we'll dial it in with you over time, but I can't make any promises on any of it, you know, today. And so it's really going to have to be tailored to you. And so I love the way that you speak on that. And obviously the way that we got connected was uh, a, a board member sent me one of your videos on the Emerald Cup classification and dominant terpenes. And that has at least so far made the largest impact in my cannabis selections and in kind of how I've dialed in what's best for this body anyway. Did you find that one of those categories that you've like previously kind of been drawn towards in the past, like your favorite strains all fit in one of those categories? Yeah. So I'm, I'm a sativa individual. So me too, any, me too. yeah. So anything <laughs> with those citrus based terpenes uh, is, is going to just absolutely be the best thing for me. And then after dinner, I can have a very low dose of an indica and that is, that's it. You know, I don't need a 27, 28, 30% indica to go to sleep. That's just my body. However, maybe four years ago, it would have taken a quarter at 30% THC because I lacked intention and I lacked responsibility uh, of, you know, how I was treating my body. And so just really monitoring that kind of dialed things back and dialed things in for what I think is now a much healthier lifestyle. Well, right. And, and there's always this debate about, you know, is cannabis healthy to consume? You know, people ask me that all the time. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, is it healthy? Like, it helps a ton of people. It helps millions of people live their day to day lives. So um, in that sense, yes, it is healthy. But there are many people who use it to escape reality, too. They can't do anything unless they're um, like feeling extremely high. And I think that's where you need to look back on your intentions and say, is this really helping me or is this kind of a cloak to be able to um, interact with society? And and as you said, like for a period of time, you can use that much cannabis if it can get you through a bad time. That is totally fine, I think. Um, but over time, you do need to revisit that and say, OK, is there a more sustainable way that I can use cannabis that benefits my life in more ways and I'm still very functional during the day. I can still um, wake up on time. I can still go to my job. I can still interact with society. Um, that Those are the times you kind of have to revisit it, but it's super situational. And if you're going through a bad time, then embrace it and it can help you through that bad time. Absolutely. And I know we're running out of time for today. So I want to get to some of the questions that some of our team and some of our listeners had burning. We'll probably have to do a part two someday because there's so many. Oh, um, totally. But 
first and foremost, uh, one of the ones that was asked that I thought really made a lot of sense was, is it possible to create concentrates that could be utilized at a lower temperature? And what does high temperature concentrates actually do to the body? So thank you, Julia, for that question. Yeah, so this is kind of what our team studies, not specifically concentrates, but we study how heat affects the cannabinoid profile of your product. So our whole thing is harvesting cannabinoids from smoke and making that into a product. But um, so what we do know at really high temperatures, um, some of the active compounds in cannabis can kind of break apart and they can form some harmful compounds. I think probably the best known one is benzene, um, which is a carcinogen. It can be bad for you for sure. Um, but at low temperature, low temperature dabbing is absolutely possible, especially with the um, modern ways that people are consuming. Even something like the Puffco uh, Peak Pro, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, that I think is a great, great rig because you can control the temperature so easily that you can prevent some of those harmful compounds from being produced. Um, it will require slightly different production um, ways of producing those compounds just to make sure um, your products are going to essentially vaporize at that temperature, but that is possible. Um, I always say, well, with dabbing, I like to prevent really high temperatures because it is a concentrate. So if there are harmful things being produced, it's going to be produced in a higher concentration. So, I mean, we all know that when you take a joint, you're lighting that on fire too, right? And that's a really high temperature as well. But the average concentration of these cannabinoids in flour is a lot less than it is with concentrates because the name suggests it's a concentrate. Um, so I think a lot of people, again, will ask, well, is smoking bad for you? Is smoking good for you? People have been smoking for thousands of years and we don't have any rigorous adverse effects from smoking either. So again, if you like the effects of, of low or high dabs of smoking or not smoking, using in moderation, I think is the best thing you can possibly do. Smoking anything is going to cause some harmful compounds being produced. Dabbing anything is going to produce some compounds that we probably don't want to be inhaling either. But I get so many questions like smoking really hurts my throat, but I want to keep doing it. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> if smoking really hurts your throat, you need to stop doing it. That That's your body telling you to stop doing that. So with anything cannabis related, if it hurts, don't do it. If you're feeling like you're you're coughing a lot or you're coughing up phlegm all the time or something like that. That's your body trying to get rid of things. So listen to your body. If your body's telling you not to do something in one way or another, you should listen to it and try to consume a different way that you're that's more compatible with your body because our bodies are sensitive. And if we're going to do the same thing every single day for multiple times a day, we need to make sure we're not causing more damage than we are good. And Riley, I don't want you to, uh, just do the soft plug there. Uh, I know you're studying a lot of this. And so do you mind, can you kind of sneak us behind the curtain, if you will, about kind of what your work and uh, what your companies are, are working on? Yeah, so we have a 
patent pending technology that we invented to capture the active compounds from cannabis from the smoke. So normally it's extracted from the actual bud, the flower, but we realized that people prefer smoking and there's a reason people prefer smoking. And we've been studying it and we realized that the chemistry is different in smoked cannabis versus not smoked cannabis. So I think the best example of this to just to help conceptualize it is THC when exposed to high temperatures partially turns into CBN, cannabinol, a different cannabinoid. So this isn't just happening with THC though, this is happening with pretty much every compound in cannabis. When it's lit on fire or when it's exposed to high heat, it's producing other like, we'll call them daughter compounds. So if the parent compounds THC, it's producing daughter compounds from that compound because the high heat has transformed it into different compounds. And they're not harmful for you, they're still cannabinoids, but they're interacting with your body in a slightly different way. So that's what we're studying, but we also now make products using this process. So the process is the smoke and all process. And we make uh, hemp based products that we literally take cannabis flour, put it in an oven, burn it, collect those cannabinoids from our, our patent pending filter, which makes an extract, and then we incorporate that extract into topicals and tinctures right now. So, so our kind cool. of, our, our tagline is, we smoked it for you. Um, and uh, it's really cool though. So it is like a CBD based product, but it contains other minor and rare cannabinoids that are produced from the smoking process that no other products contain. So one of the, um, one of the, most abundant ones is CBT, but we have CBC, CBG, CBL. I mean, there's there's so many of these different compounds that no other products have, and that's why we think that they're working better for people compared to just CBD isolate thrown in a cream and mixed together because there's only so much that one compound can do. You kind of need that molecular diversity because chronic conditions are really complex. You need complex products to combat com um, complex conditions. That's amazing. And how can we find these products? Are these products ready? Can any of us go online and buy some? Oh, they're ready. And they've been selling great. You can find them at um, profoundnaturals.com. And uh, we also have an Instagram, but also we do wholesale. If any, um, if any dispensaries, CBD shops, you know, whoever is looking to sell our products in your stores, we would love to work with you. I am the person who answers the wholesale emails. So if you want to talk to me, then just uh, email me through our wholesale, uh, wholesale at profoundnaturals.com. Amazing. Well, you'll probably have an email there soon. If you want some of these products at Buzz Emporium, just let us know. Well, Riley, we will be sure to add all of the links in our show notes so everyone can connect with you. What is the best channel for people to follow you on? Yeah, definitely. I post more on TikTok than any other channels. And that's just because it's, well, one, it's really easy to make videos, which is why I do it because I'm kind of lazy. And then, um, and then, it has the most viewership. You can reach the most people. And I kind of target people who are newer to cannabis and natural products as my audience. Um, but I get deleted off of platforms all the time. So my totally. my Instagram is also at Cannabicam. And that's the same name on my TikTok. And then our company pages are Smoke and All and Profound Naturals. And we're on Instagram there. 
Perfect. Well, we will have those. Thank you so much for joining us. And I really do look forward to having you again. Yeah, I'd love to be on again. We can talk more about uh, the endocannabinoid system and everything science and cannabis. I love it. And of course, we are so grateful to all of you for tuning in to another episode of Weed Buzz Radio. We look forward to seeing you in the next one.